Okay. Yep. We're live. We're live and kicking. Yep. Perfect. 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 Hello. Welcome back to episode three of the Winging It podcast. I uh, appreciate there's been uh, some technical difficulties that's kept us off air for a week, but we're back. Um, I mean, you, you can you can you can just say I'm lazy. <laughs> then I would never throw stones at you when I'm living in a glass house. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm sure we both could have done a bit more to, to to get together, but you know, so much has happened actually in 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 terms of sports over the last few weeks. I don't really know where where we should start, but I think one thing that we have spoken about almost every podcast actually um, is is rearing its its ugly head again. Um, and and it's it's racism in football. Yeah, it's um it's 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 becoming it's becoming a bit of a joke now because it's like the, it came out in the media that you know after Pogba and Rashford were racially abused that they would be meeting uh, Manchester United be meeting with Twitter to see what can be done, and yet again it's happened nearly a week after they were supposedly meeting with Twitter to to try and find a solution. So it's, it's 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 ridiculous. It really is. I don't I don't really know what Twitter could could do other than adopt uh, you know zero uh, zero a little fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, but you're gonna have to cut that, mate. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not cutting that. <laughs> I have not got the time nor the energy to be cutting things. Ah, uh, bro. You can't Listen, it's up. called the Winging It podcast for a reason, so let's carry on. Yeah, uh, I, I get what you mean about Twitter wanting to have a zero tolerance, tolerance policy on racism, but they already have that in place. That's that's already a thing. Um, what Harry Maguire made a very very good point is, is that if you're going to have a Twitter account, then you need to verify it with an ID, a passport, a driving license. That way, if your account is found to be violating the terms of service. Um, by by being racist or or you know something along those lines, then it's it's completely fair to then pass that information that you've provided to our, onto the onto the police and then they can they can make the, the decisions that they need to make. Do you know I haven't actually thought of it like that. I think if there is that kind of accountability in terms of you verified this account, it is a hundred percent you. It will or it should drive better, better behavior. Uh, the thing is with, with Twitter, they've got so much money and they're, you know, quite a, a high tech uh, social networking platform that I'm, I'm sure they can put together some code that, you know, automatically picks out certain words. And, and when it detects tweets with certain words in it, um, you know, it, it should just not show them. It should, it should take them down instantly. I think yeah, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good idea in theory, but the reality is is yes they could put um which would essentially be called a profanity filter to stop those to stop to take those tweets down immediately and suspend the account, but then the people would just be able to put up a picture with those words inside the picture and Twitter can't do anything about that without actually seeing it for themselves. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I, I I I guess you know <clears throat> there's always going to be there's always going to be a way for people to work around uh, any any policies, procedures, protocols that are in place to to, to catch it. Um, but it, it doesn't change the fact that 
we're living in a time where you know we we, we should have we should have moved on from this um you know race religion um you know sexual orientation that they're, they're all you know uh, they're, they're all being scrutinized and, and and being used to divide us um and you know i don't want to sound really spiritual but but we are all one race and you know if uh, zuma scores an own goal or if ivanovic scores an own goal or if mason mount scores an own goal the fact is it, it's an own goal but you know if 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 if, if an english player scores or, or i say english if, if a white british footballer does does something wrong you know they, they they may get slated by the press but the general public you know don't tend to to pick up on it too much but but the second somebody of um you know kind of different uh, different color or different you know kind of religion for example does the same thing it's it's just instant it's instant and and you know i don't want to I don't want to throw stones at Chelsea, but, you know, it, it's happened with Tammy Abraham. Um, it's now happened with Kurt Zuma. Um, it, it, it is widespread, as you said. It happened at United um, in, in quick succession as well. Um, but, but even overseas, you know, you've got Lukaku um, was, you know, had, had monkey noises being made at him um, yesterday um, or, or, or Saturday, um, this weekend for sure. And, I mean, you watch a lot more football than me, Ben. But you know, do, do you think do you think there are any any? I, thought, I, felt, I felt I felt the shots being fired there. You know, you think you've got nothing better to do? You just watch football. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. But yeah, no, I mean, listen. The thing the thing is, and especially in Italy, it's very hard to say, oh, this is terrible. This that you know, the Italian FA and the league don't actively do anything to stop these things from happening. The only people that actually stop these things from happening and actually sanction the Italian clubs that are involved are UEFA. But UEFA cannot come in and take over the discipline for a domestic league. It's just not going to happen. And it just feels like the Italian league, it, it's just become a running thing now. Um, where where it's, I don't, I, 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 would, I think this is the right way to describe it. In Italy, it's become socially acceptable and nobody really, nobody really throws like throws too much of a tantrum over it when it does happen. Obviously, the player, the players themselves aren't happy about it. But then we had the situation with Messi, especially yeah. if he was playing for Juventus, and um, I think it was one of the centre backs for Juventus at the time said, "Oh, it's not that bad," or something along those lines, which is, is just crazy to think. And it was an Italian defender as well. So I just think that it is in Italy, it's just it's just a socially acceptable thing, and, and- you're not. They, they won't come down on you too hard if if you if you if you are racist essentially no, i i agree with that i i certainly recognize the scenario you were speaking about where um you know the defender come out and said you know it's not it's not really the end of the world it's not that bad um you know i think it's that exact attitude that's being kind of fed from the top down uh, in in the italian fa um that's as, as you say, kind of driving it towards a, a kind of socially acceptable way of, of thinking. Um, but then on the flip side of that, then Ben, uh, are there any other are there any other European leagues that you know think you think are, are doing a, a good job to kind of proactively you know clamp down? Is, is there something you know widespread that we could we, we could adopt? No, the, the thing is, people like especially with the Kurt Zuma situation. 
but people on social media are up in arms about it. Um, it's happened numerous times over the last few weeks now. Have you seen a statement or a publication from either the Premier League or the Football Association that are condemning this? We will find the people responsible. Anything along those lines? Because I haven't. No, I haven't actually. Which which begs which begs the question is are they actually doing anything to stop this? Obviously, yeah. I think the biggest the biggest uproar was was uh, Paul Pogba when he missed the penalty, and you had the entire United squad come out on social media in defence of their of their teammate and saying this is this is not acceptable. Twitter need to do something about this. But then no one from from the respective league or the football association are actually doing it doing actively doing anything to stop this or to even even maybe look it's always going to be impossible to stop it but at least find a way to limit it yeah for sure at the end of the day they're football players they get paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week but they're still people and that's what a lot of people forget in the heat of the moment when you're watching a football match and someone makes a mistake and you know you you condemn them you you know um you, you you use derogatory words about them, but at the end of the day, they're they're the same as as you and me, although very 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 richer. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I agree with that. And you know, when, when you're talking about uh, players making mistakes, and then you know, in the heat of the moment, you you, you do get onto them. I, I was picturing myself actually. I I play football um, as often as I can actually, and. You know, I'm I'm guilty of it myself, saying, you know, what on earth are you doing? That was rubbish. You're better than this. You're better than that. You should have done this. You should have done that. But it's it's crazy how at grassroots level, there isn't that kind of, you know, racial uh, aggravated mentality. You know, I've, I've never heard on on a football pitch that I've been playing on, um, you know, someone saying, oh, you white this or, you you know, you black that. But the higher up the you know footballing pyramid that we go, where there is more scrutiny, there you know it's 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 a much more visible version of the game. It's it's rife and it's it's allowed to exist and breathe in you know a, 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 a very heavily regulated and scrutinised environment. But yet you know on Hackney Marshes, um, Leighton Jubilee Park, it, it it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird because it feels like there's a lot more mutual respect at the grassroots level of the game, but the higher the higher up the footballing pyramid you go, um, the the bigger that that gap that gap of respect becomes. So it's it's um it's definitely it's, it's definitely a difficult one, but um you know it's 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 something that you know it is it does seem like it's just becoming more and more socially acceptable. So. It's um, it's 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 difficult. It's it's bad because the the the, the British public are, are fickle people. Now I'm not saying for you know one one second that it's only you know British fans that that are, are being racist. Um, you know as you said, you can open a Twitter account in you know two minutes with very little um personal information needed. Um, it certainly doesn't need to be validated. Um, so you know you could. You could tweet from anywhere in the world and, and it's you know visible, but the, the the British people they're they're incredibly fickle because you know I want to I want to move on to um, you know cricket for example cricket um, there there was a, a, a massive game 
uh, last week, England versus Australia in the Ashes. Um, it was the third test, Australia winning 1-0. And we're on the brink of, of winning that test match as well until, until Sir, and he is going to be a Sir, but I'll refer to him as Sir Ben Stokes, um, came to the crease and, and, and performed a miracle. Um, and, and, and the reason why I suppose it feeds in nicely is because, you know, Ben Stokes is now a, a, an English cricketing legend. Um, you know, he blows up on Twitter. He's getting all sorts of, uh, of marketing opportunities, advertisements, endorsements. Um, but he's, he's from New Zealand. Uh, so he was born in New Zealand. But because he's doing good for, for, for English sport, his his heritage, his race, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's just such a such a fickle world world that we live in. Um, I know you don't really watch cricket, nor do you like cricket. Um, but but I'm sure as somebody that follows sport, um, you know, you would have you would have heard about the Ben Stokes situation and the performance that he put in. How, how do you, you know, how, how do you think? How do you think his performance is 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 you know gonna feed into you know cricket as a whole? Um, and, I, mean, and, I mean, for me, the the most I know about cricket is what I see on social media, so I'd probably be the wrong person to ask about that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm probably probably gonna have to just let you take the lead on this one because um, <laughs> all I know is that there's you know there's a wicket and there's two little wooden things, a bat and a ball. I mean, to, to be honest, you don't you don't really need to know much more than that, um, I, I guess. But but Ben Stokes, he single handedly helped us win the cricket World Cup. Um, so, so, I mean, this year he's had two once in a lifetime performances. Um, uh, and I reckon you know, it's probably going to make him a shoe in for sports personality of the year. Um, I can't think of anybody in sport anywhere uh, in, in the world at the moment that's had such a big impact on the outcome of a sporting event as Ben Stokes. You know, he probably could have won it for uh, his... I mean, West Ham, West Ham won the World Cup in 1966. So, <laughs> West, Ham, West Ham, you know, the, the only domestic team to win the World Cup, right? Of course. I <laughs> <laughs> had to, to throw it in there. You, you can throw it in there. I, I know it's... Um, <laughs> It's been a been, been a barren time, uh, a barren time for West Ham fans. So, you know, you can. And it's going to continue to be a barren time. Yeah. Fucking. Anyway, um, <laughs> we should um, switch over and uh, move on to the games from this weekend. Um, I think there's only one place to start, and uh, Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge, Chelsea. Which, my yeah. nemesis. They're my nemesis. Whenever they're in my bet, they perform badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Man- Manchester United normally um, put you uh, in a bad position as well. You, but, you, um, you know, Man United put me in a bad position because he, <laughs> he was laughing at me whilst it was happening. <laughs> oh, well, I need to, I need to, I need to um, get my entertainment from somewhere. <laughs> but no, um, so the Chelsea go turning up with two, two well-taken strikes from Tammy Abraham. Yeah, they were. Um, and then within a minute of the of the second half kicking off. Um, Sheffield United had um, got gotten a goal back, brought it back to two one, and um, from from there on it was just all Sheffield United. I don't think in the second half Chelsea didn't create anything of note, and um, 
in the in the last few minutes of the game, I, I believe that Sheffield United got the got the equaliser, which was well deserved. Yeah, um, I mean, I was playing football during the first half and some of the second half. Um, we were actually listening to it uh, on the way to the pub <laughs> um, after the game, then, and it, it was it was a surprise, I guess, in as much as you know you you would you would say Chelsea on paper are gonna you know absolutely uh, obliterate uh, Sheffield United, but from what I heard and, and subsequently what I've seen. Um, the, the highlights of it, it was it was a, a two-two game. A, a draw was a, a fair result if it wasn't generous towards Chelsea, um, which is crazy to think that Chelsea at home aren't aren't smashing teams like that. I think it's I think um, it's it's at a point now for for a team like Chelsea, and it's a situation of how the mighty have fallen, and it it just shows you that if you haven't got the money. To, to buy players for a club like Chelsea, uh, they they do start going downhill very very fast, and um, it's it's it just it just shows you how difficult it is to complete to compete in the Premier League, especially if you look at the teams that are coming up from the Championship. Yes, you've got the Aston Villas and the Fulhams that are spending ridiculous amounts of money on players, but then if you look at a club like Sheffield United or a club like Norwich City, they don't spend a lot of money on players just how hard it is and just what an achievement it is if they are to stay in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, you touched on it. It's it's the old, if you're not, you know, moving forward, you're, you're, you're going backwards. Uh, it's not even about standing still. Um, you know, Chelsea, a, a hamstrung, I, I guess, to an extent, whereby they can't, they can't buy anybody new. But on paper, their squad is... Is still good enough to, you know, finish towards the top end of the of the Premier League. Um, but but what I'm finding is the clubs that are coming up and aren't investing heavily in in their squads, they've still got that mentality of, you know, never give up. Whilst the game's still going, there's a chance. And you know, yeah, it was a, a an own goal that that brought Sheffield United back into back into into the game and got them a point at Stamford Bridge. Um, but it's it's you know they 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 work hard. It's a mentality. The you know the the higher up the Premier League you go, um, you know with the exception of at the moment you know Liverpool and and City, um, you know there's there's an entitlement to we are going to do well because we're Arsenal, we're Man U, we're Tottenham, and the reality is if if you do not work hard in this league you will lose, and you will lose but, to every yeah, single I- team. I think that's what that's one of the main reasons why Chelsea fans are so riled up at the moment, is because they've had success for so long, they now believe that, that that there is a sense of entitlement around their club, and that they should be competing for the Premier League every season, or they should be at the very least in the Champions League every season. And obviously, that's last season that didn't happen. They competed in the Europa League, and luckily they managed to um, bring a couple of players in, and uh, go and win that win the Europa League and and achieve a place in the top four. Of, yeah. Uh, of the Premier League to get back into the Champions League this season but I feel that looking at the squad that they have at the moment this is without doubt the weakest squad that I've seen Chelsea have in the Roman Abramovich era and um, I would imagine he's not he's not too pleased about it but at, at this moment in time there isn't there isn't actually a lot that he can do about it or anyone that Chelsea can do about it because you know they've brought in a, they've brought in a manager who's inexperienced in Lampard who I, who I, I rate quite highly as a coach but um 
I think the reason, one of the reasons they brought it in, brought him in was one to win win over the fan base, because if they had brought in any other manager, I don't think the fans would have taken to him after 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 the the big the uh, big outcry when Sari was uh, Maurizio Sari was there as manager. Yeah. But uh, also because Lampard has he he's well known and it's well documented that he likes to work with youth play, youth players and he wants to bring players through and give them a pathway to the first team. Um, now I don't know if Chelsea's the right club for him to be doing that. I believe that somewhere somewhere like West Ham or Southampton, who are you know it's well documented that over the years they have brought through a number of youth, uh, youth team players to the first team. Um, and I just I just feel that Chelsea are always a they always have been a buying and selling club, and to try and, and to try and change that persona now, because they have a transfer ban, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but, and um, and as you said, yeah. it's 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 almost it's almost impossible to do. He he had to bring in Lampard because nobody else um, that well a, any other manager that wasn't connected to Chelsea wouldn't get the time that Chelsea need. Um, they, they can't sign anyone. And I think Frank Lampard buys some time, for sure. I think he'll get a lot more leeway than anybody else that he could have brought in. So, you know, in in, in, in one sense, it was kind of forced upon him. Um, but but I think, as you say, looking at their squad, it's it's not the best it's been. Um, there is going to be quite a, a reliance on, on youth. And when you factor in the fact that they are going to be you know, playing in the Champions League. Uh, their group isn't too too difficult. Um, that being said, it's not too easy. They've got Ajax, Valencia and Lille. Um, you know, you factor those games into the season. Um, I, I, I think they may come up short and come up short by some distance, um, which is which is sad, I guess, because, you know, they're a London club. I'm a, I'm a London boy. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I fear for them. I fear for them. I, I, I would be surprised if they finished top six this season. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I mean, um, just, move, just moving on from Chelsea there, a um, couple of other results from this weekend, and one of them was we just spoke of, we touched on, uh, which was um, Southampton won, Manchester United won, and um, Southampton finished the game with 10 men. And... Um, I believe, as, as a football fan in general, I believe that serious questions need to be asked of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now, because this is, thir- I think he's achieved 13 points in his last 13 games as Manchester United manager. And yeah. I believe the last away game that they won was against PSG in the Champions League at the start of the year, which is which is just incredible for a club like Manchester United to not have won away from home for that length of time. I um, mean, what, what, what a game to win, though. <laughs> What a game to win. But no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And this is, uh, I suppose, you know, not, not wanting to kind of backtrack towards Chelsea, but, you know, United are in a very similar position. Their squad's not amazing. Um, it's it's so much better than what they're showing. And, you know, do I think, do I think it's solely down to Solskjaer? You know, yeah, yes and no. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with my brother yesterday and, he hasn't recruited very well um, and they haven't sold very well. Um, so the incomings and outgoings at United haven't been as uh, as good as they should have been. But then, you know, is that down to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or is that down to, you know, the, 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 the hierarchy? Um, you know, because when Ferguson left, 
um, the kind of backroom dynamics changed a little bit and, and they haven't really had a successful manager since. Um, and is that down to the individuals that they've brought in or is it, you know, something a little bit more more deep rooted than that? Um, oh yeah, I mean, I believe from, from, a, from a football fan's point of view, if you look at the structure of a club now, managers do not exist. Managers yeah. aren't a thing anymore. Sure. Because managers, some when you think about managers, you think of an Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson, who were in charge of the club from top to bottom. Now, um, they're in charge of transfers. They're in charge of who they went and bought, how much they spent on that player. Now, if you look at it, um, the man, all, all, all the head coaches can do is pass on a list of transfer targets, players that they want, players that they want to get rid of, and then the club then make the decision on what to do. Because obviously, if you, if let's say last summer you go out and spend £80 million on a player, you sack your manager halfway through the season, and now this new manager does not want that player, you're stuck in a, you're stuck in a precarious situation. Sure. Because you, you know you know you're going to make a heavy loss on this player, but you know you also need to kind of not bow down to the wishes of, of a new manager, but you have to yeah you, you have to find a middle ground yeah. because there there are going to be a group of players that won't fit into the manager's plans. Now that that group of players could collectively be costing you over a million pound a week in wages, and you know from a club point of view and from the players' point of view is can one can you afford that loss? Two um, you know, it's going to be very, very detrimental to the player's career. Yeah. Um, you know, being out, being out of the game for what a year, two years, whatever it may be. Um, and you know, and and three is 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 the manager going to stay at the club if the club don't listen to to, to what he wants and what he needs in order to improve? So that's that's that that that's the be all be all and end all end all of it. Because um, you know, it's someone someone like Solskjaer, I believe that he did. He did give United a list of targets, and I think out of that list of targets, only one player was purchased, which was Harry Maguire, who United have been heavily linked with for the past two to three years anyway. Yeah. So I don't think it's a real shock that, that that Maguire ended up at Manchester United. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's definitely it's a it's a difficult situation to be in. I I don't believe that that Manchester United are winning trophies anytime soon. No, simply because they they their, their squad isn't balanced. Um, you know they let they've let they've let their top their top strikers go. Yeah. In, in maybe the ones that didn't perform on the pitch, but um, you know Alexis Sanchez has gone to Inter Milan on loan. Uh, Romelu Lukaku's gone to Inter Milan on a permanent deal, and um, you know they haven't brought anyone in to replace them. No, United's um, strike force is Rashford, Martial, and uh, Mason Greenwood. So. You know where, where are they going to get the goals from? Yeah, they got Wan Bissaka. Yeah, they got Maguire. Um, you know, De Gea hasn't been amazing, but but they've got you know solid defenders. Um, yeah, I mean but, just just I mean just thinking about it now is um, I saw the news report today that Martial was going to be out for up to a month. So you know, literally whatever United fan was fearing at the start of the season is what happens if one of these players gets injured. How do we cope? Well, you've got it. You've yeah. got, you've got yeah. that situation right now. Yeah, where, no, you don't cope. You know, you don't. You, Rashford is not. Um, he's not an Ibrahimovic. He's not a personality. He's not that guy that will pick your team up when you're two 0 down and go and score a hat trick and win you the game. If he does it, it's a it's a massive fluke. You know, yeah. he's not. He's he's yeah, too, sure. he's too sure. inexperienced. Yeah, and he's inconsistent. And you know, may, maybe he'll get better. Um, you know, there's a lot of time. 
left in his career for him to improve, to become more consistent. But, you know, I look at I look at United's team and I can't see where, where they're going to get, get the goals. You know, they played four games and won once. And that was the first game of the season. And they won, they won convincingly, don't get me wrong, but they weren't 4-0 better than Chelsea that game. The result says, yeah, we won 4-0. Um, but, you know, they're, 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 just, they're just not going to score enough. They're not going to score enough and they will struggle to finish in the top six this season as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so we've done Chelsea, we've done Manchester United. Uh, North London derby. Ah, two-two. It was Desmond. It was a it was a game of two halves, really. And Absolutely. I, I know it's such a cliche to to say, but you know the first half, I I want to say Tottenham controlled it. Um, I wouldn't say that they, you know, ran the game, but they they played the game that they wanted to play. Um, you know, they kept it tight at the back. They sprung counter attacks, and 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 they were they were comfortable. They were comfortable. If they if they went into half time two 0 up, I think. They would have they would have seen seen the game out, um, you know. Lacquer's Lacquer's goal in added time in the first half kind of swung the momentum, and you know the, the second half I'd prefer prefer not to talk about. Um, you know I wish the game finished at 45 minutes, but but it doesn't. Um, but it, it it was a it was a fair result, and if anything, you know from from my perspective, Tottenham Tottenham should feel happy that they came away with a point. Um, even though you know they were two 0 up, they you know might, it might feel like a loss, but you know there's there, there's games where you draw and you feel positively about it, and there's games you draw and you feel you know really kind of negative. But I think uh, yeah, I mean I believe I believe that the first half Tottenham were in the game because of mistakes that Arsenal made. Sure. Um, team selection was wrong, 100%. I, I can say that loud and clear. Um, Xhaka should not have started over Ceballos. Xhaka shouldn't start over anyone, um, to be honest. I'm sorry, but if you're if you're going to start Xhaka over Ceballos or even Willock, I, you need your head tested because that guy does not bring anything to Arsenal at all. Um, you know, I've I've watched him play for Switzerland and he looks like a, d- a different player because he picks up the ball, he drives past players, he tries to get shots off. Uh, Arsenal just wants to pick up the ball and pass it sideways. I just, he's ridiculous. And he's done this under two managers now. He's done it under Arsene Wenger and has done the same thing under Unai Emery. And, you know, one somebody at, somebody at the club just needs to turn around and say, look, go. You, you I, think, I think Gary Neville said it best. He's the most experienced player to never get experienced. <laughs> he, still, he still falls for traps. I mean, his challenge on Son was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know why you go to ground in your own box unless you're trying to block a shot. Um, but he, he's just woeful. Uh, do, do you know what I do want to talk about? I think he had a really good game. And, um, you know, the football group chat was talking about him before the game. And, you know, there was right. Uh, Guendouzi. I think he had an amazing game. It was the best oh, game I've what, seen him si- have. Uh, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob, David Luiz, Guendouzi. <laughs> That's a head and shoulders commercial right there. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he was very good. He was very good. And I, I like the look of um I like the look of of a few Arsenal players. As you said, Sebelos when he came on was was very good. Um it's the first time, I must admit, it's the first time I've seen Pepe play. And I think, you know, apart from the fact he didn't get a goal or an assist. Um, I can see that he's going to be 
a very influential player for Arsenal. Very good, comfortable on the ball. I think, defend, I think defend, defenders in the top six need to be very, very worried because what he did, what he did to Van Dijk last week, when when Arsenal or the other week when Arsenal played Liverpool, he was the first person to, to dribble past him since he joined Liverpool. So um, the, the defenders should be worried because this guy hasn't been by our first gear yet. He's still against another country. Um, understanding how to play within, within the Nyamari system. So I believe that once once he gets that sorted and he's he's fully fit and he's he's ready to start firing, I think you'll see you'll see a massive a massive difference. Yeah, I think he's he, he's, he's certainly exciting. And you know, I must admit I'm not a massive fan of Arsenal, but I, I appreciate good football and I think he's gonna he's gonna keep people on the edge of their seat so they they, they could have a good one. They could have a good one. Well, I mean, if you appreciate good football, you might as well become an Arsenal fan. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they play. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, 2-2 is probably a fair result. Um, one thing I do, do need to talk about in this game was, um, I'm sorry, but where the hell was VAR? I don't think I saw VAR used once. I didn't notice it. Um, I, I mean, that being said, when... Xhaka's challenge on Sun, I believe, should have been a penalty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, the the Harry Kane penalty, I believe, shouldn't should have been given as as a, a yellow card for simulation. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe it was a penalty. It it wasn't. Uh, Harry Kane threw himself in. Well, Harry Kane initiated the contact. I'm not saying there wasn't any contact, but he he initiated it. He knew it was coming, and he yeah he tried to he tried to play play the referee. I guess. And um, the, the, the thing that's really, really frustrating from an England point of view is this is our captain. And this isn't the first time this season he's been caught out for diving. No, he's, he's getting a bit of a reputation for it. It's it, 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 so frustrating because if, if Harry Kane dives and the ref doesn't give a penalty, then he has to book him for simulation. Or if the referee doesn't see it, then... The panel need to look at it and then ban him for simulation. It's as simple as that. But we we, we both know that that's not going to happen because he's England's captain, because yeah. he's England's golden boy. Nobody will look at anything. He, he he and then you know look at look at the difference between Harry Kane diving and Raheem Sterling apparently yeah, diving. For sure. Raheem yeah. Sterling does it. He gets ridiculed. You know, he is disgraceful. He shouldn't even play for England anymore. Harry Kane does it. Oh, it's okay. He's our, he's our captain. Yeah, should have, goal been a, should have been a penalty. Why, why didn't they give him a penalty? Um, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I, I love Harry Kane's goals. I love the goals he scores. I love how hard he works, and he's he, he's a, he's a good footballer. Let's not forget that he's you know a lethal finisher. He's he's a good footballer, but as a role model, you know I, I don't I don't think he's as as golden as as as, as we like to think he is for sure. Um, but it, it goes it goes back to to what we were talking about earlier, really. Um, you know, Sterling diving, uh, Harry Kane diving. It's the same thing. It's the same action. It's the same event, but it's a completely different reaction. And you know, that's that's part of the problem. Um, who, who else who else played? We we had Liverpool Burnley. Um, that was a uh, Liverpool Burnley. I think that one was three nil. It was three nil to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, who else played? Uh, West Ham. West Ham. Uh, West Ham against... beat Norwich. Yeah, I was um I was scrolling through Sky Sports today and um 
there is some news coming out because obviously it's transfer deadline day when we're recording this. Yeah. And um, Javier Hernandez has joined Sevilla on a permanent deal. Has he gone to Sevilla? Has he? Yeah. And um, that that now leaves leaves um, West Ham very very uh, short on the ground because uh, they the only two strikers they have now are Sebastian Haller and um, Ajeti, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, I think he's a Swiss international. Uh, who joined from F- uh, FC Basel in the summer, but um, for for a long for a season as long as West Ham's is going to be, when you factor in the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, and the league, um, I think that they've left themselves extremely light on the ground with only two strikers. Yeah, I agree with that. The only thing I, I will say is that they tend to only play with one. Um, that being said, obviously having two strikers is not is not enough. Um, I look at the people that. They let go. Carroll, for example, um, absolutely the right decision. Um, I mean, to but... be fair, in a fight, you know, over the course of five years, he spent more time injured than he has playing. And the highlight of his West Ham career was a bicycle kick against Crystal Palace. Who, yeah, it was, let's, let's it was an amazing bicycle Crystal kick. Palace. Yeah. It's, not, it's nothing special. <laughs> I, I agree with you, though. They are, they are a bit thin on the ground. But then they've got people like Antonio that could you know, potentially do a job up there. Um, uh, Antonio, like, Antonio, I think he ruptured his hamstring against uh, um, Newport in the FA in the, uh, the the Carabao Cup last week. Is, is he out? Is he? Uh, I think he's going to be out for a long time. Um, I'm talking about him needing surgery on it. So you know, you're looking at the early part of 2020 before he's you know even yeah. back in training. I'd imagine. I think it's good that Yarmolenko is back. He's going to be like a new signing again, and he's on the score sheet as well, actually. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I hope he comes back as a new signing because he barely made any appearances before yeah, last season. I know. <laughs> no, but, uh, it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's but yeah, mad. no, he, he um, took, took his goal well. Took his goal well. Um, but hopefully there's a lot more to come from from him. Yeah. Um, I, st- I, I, um, I, I, would firmly, I would firmly believe that I think West Ham's front four is pretty set now with, with uh, Felipe Anderson on the left, uh, Lanzini in the 10 with Yarmolenko on the right and Sebastian Heller up top. Yeah. Which is it's, which is a it's a decent strike force, but you got to you remember know, Pellegrini's you know it's it's still a big rebuilding job that he's doing. Yeah, and I, I like I like that uh, Haller is scoring uh, because it's always difficult when you you know bring someone in from abroad. Are they going to adapt? There's countless you know countless examples of people that have come into the Premier League with high expectations and you know not not perform very well now. You know, obviously, we're getting carried away with ourselves. We're what four four games into the season, um, but but it's good to good to see him finding the back of the net. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's most of the Premier League covered, uh, apart from the Aston Villa Crystal Palace game. Yeah, which I was absolutely fuming with because yet again we're looking at VAR, we're looking at referees, and we're looking at diving. Um, so it, I think it was the last minute of the game. Uh, Grealish had the ball on the edge of the area. He felt a nudge in the back and, and went down. And it's not like he, he deliberately went, you know, it didn't look like a dive to me. But that's how the referees interpreted it. But as he's gone down, he's played the ball to Lansbury, who was on side, and they've scored to level the game up at 1 1. But the referee has pulled the play back, awarded a free kick to Crystal Palace, and then booked Jack Grealish to simulation. Yeah, nice one. So, you know, it's, it's cost Aston Villa a point. Their manager was human, and he was well, well within his rights to be. Because even Jack Grealish turned around and said, well, I didn't dive. I felt contact and I went down, but I still played the ball. I wasn't looking for a foul. 
you know, we, we you know, we was, it was still within, we were still playing the game. You know, we weren't, we weren't all shouting and screaming, asking for a, for, a, for a foul to be awarded. Um, but that's that's cost that's the real point against a team which really they should be, uh, should be at least getting a point out of, and if not beat, uh, if not beating them. Yeah, and and they done it with ten men as well. Um, you know, they they had a player sent off nine minutes after. The second half began, um, second yellow card, reckless tackle on, I think it was Zaha. Um, but, you know, to to, to, to to get into a position where, you know, you're still in the game and indeed you do put a goal into the back of the net um, with 10 men, to, to have that kind of taken away from you is, 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 is difficult. It's a difficult pill to swallow, um, you know, made made even worse by the fact that the uh, the, the 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 goal scorer used to play for you. Um, I think it was Jordan Ayew, wasn't it? Um, so you know that's just a series of of bitter pills that you you're forced to swallow in one game, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a difficult one for Aston Villa, but um, I, I would still tip them to have a good season. Did Greenwood uh, get a yellow card for um, going down? He did, didn't he? Uh, I believe he did. Let me have a look. Um. But yeah, I mean, just just while I'm having a look at that, just moving on from the um from the Premier League, I think there's one massive talking point that we haven't touched on yet, which is um, Berry Football Club. Berry, very, very, very. I am disgusted um, with the EFL for the way that they've handled this this whole situation. Um, you know, for, forget about the financial woes that they're having, or well you know, that they had um, and, you know, the reason behind them being expelled from the Football League, how on earth, how on earth was their owner able to pass the fit and proper persons test? And, you know, what what constitutes the fit and proper persons test? Because, you know, to all intents and purposes, Barry's chairman isn't fit or proper um, to, to own any business, let alone you know a football club with, with, with such such history. It's it's he's uh, let's be completely honest. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, um, I think the EFL failed them. I think the FA have failed them as well. Um, and I, be- I believe both 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 companies and well, both institutions should hang their heads in shame that they have allowed um, a club with over a hundred years of history to essentially be wiped out. Um, they've already, they'll bury. Have already been been informed that if they were to re-enter the the, the football league next season, uh, they would have to enter the the league at step six, which is just just above what you play, Ben. So step six, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's um it's absolutely crazy. But um, I think the local MP for Bury and the fans are kind of they're putting they put they've sent a letter to all 71 member clubs of the football league, um, and asked and and asked for essentially a reprieve, um, and the very enter the league at League Two next season. So just just expand like expel them from the league for this season, allow them to join League Two next season, and um, and uh, they've got a new owner that's that's willing to come in and spend seven million pounds to. To clear to clear the debt on the club and get them competing again, but the, the you know the problem they've got again is this this owner is a he's a Brazilian guy, um he's a mine like I think he owns a mining company, so yeah. 
you know, if the if that industry starts declining, it, you know, Berry could find themselves in, in a in a similar similar position, um, if not if not slightly more precarious, because you know, um, once the money runs out, you know, who's going to foot the bill? Yeah, and you know, football clubs are private enterprises, but they're run like public organisations, and you know, I, I just don't see how how it was allowed to, to get get so bad um you know at what point is it you know kind of irresponsible of the EFL to you know let it let it get to, to where it got to you know there, there shouldn't have been um you know an eight hour deadline it shouldn't have been you know you've got a week to get us this or a month to get us that it, it shouldn't have been allowed to get to that point and and it has done and, and as you say they've been they've been failed by by, by just about just about everyone really and and you know we've lost a, a community club that you know if 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 it was down to me and I knew that we had to reform and and join at step six uh, I, I just I just wouldn't wouldn't do it I, I just I just wouldn't yeah no I mean it's, it's absolutely crazy um but for Berry fans I suppose the one good thing that they can take from this is that Gig Lane will still be still be there when they do eventually get back to the football league. Um, I think it's been it's been declared as as a um, sports and recreation facility, or it's been it's being protected because it's because 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 of how old the ground is. Um, you know, Barry have, have been there for um, for 134 years, I think. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, just to to clear up promotions and, uh, and relegations to, to my understanding um, it's, it's going to stay exactly the same except in League One which is obviously the league that they've been uh, expelled, oh, sorry, expelled from um, instead of four clubs going down there's only going to be three that go down, is that right? Yeah I believe that's correct um, I mean let me, let me have a look, oh yeah just, um, just going back to it, yeah Greenish was booked in the 96 minute Yes, <laughs> another uh, another bitter pill to, to to swallow for sure. Yeah, I mean after the last few years, uh, after the, the, the few years that, that Aston Villa have had as a club, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different situation for them. Um, okay, so yeah, so right now League One is showing that there are twenty three teams. Yeah. Um, so Barry, Barry have been removed from there. So let's just have a look at League Two. League Two should still be 24, and I think there'll still be three clubs that go up. Uh-huh. Um, or, or no, maybe or will four clubs go up. Four clubs will probably go up. Yeah. So first, second, and third will get promoted. Yeah. And, and then fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh playoff. playoff. Yeah. And then only two clubs will go down. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I mean, at the moment, those those teams are excellent. So we'll see what happens coming into the season. Personally, I'd like to make sure they just go up there. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. This is good. Um, yeah, no, I think, obviously, let's... Let's try and get back to schedule programming from, from from next week. But you know, thanks thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and um, 
we, we look forward to, 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 to speaking with you again. Okay.